the leadership of this administration has really changed the tenor of the conversation about the need and the ability to get to zero. At this year's Greenbuild Conference, National Climate Advisor Ali Zaidi made an announcement that resonated throughout the commercial real estate industry. The federal government, Zaidi declared, will establish a zero emissions definition for non-federally owned structures. Finally, CRE companies and local officials will have a national voluntary standard with which to align their carbon reduction efforts and a common vocabulary for expressing green commitments and achievements. Welcome back to Sustainability Street, our podcast on the intersection of commercial real estate and the world we live in. I'm your host, Therese Fitzgerald. For this episode, I spoke to executives at some of the trade organizations that are weighing in on the draft definition about what this means for the industry and about the journey to get to this point. Let's get started. Zero emissions definition for new and highly renovated buildings should be released through the Department of Energy in January, following the stakeholder engagement process. But its three core principles are already clear. A high energy efficiency score, probably 75 or higher, no on-site emissions produced, and the buildings must be 100% powered by renewable energy. The purpose of the definition, according to the Biden administration, is to establish a consistent, verifiable, and measurable path to zero emissions and to speed up climate action by driving investment into sustainable buildings and homes. This is a game changer for a number of reasons. First, it will officially pronounce that zero emissions versus zero energy or some of the other benchmarks out there is the ultimate objective for meeting the goals of the Paris Agreement. I think the White House is recognizing that this is the direction where we want buildings to go. Um, It's not necessarily where we are today, Um, but, you know, in 10, 20 years, we want it to be common practice. And the White House has said they want it to be common practice for buildings to be built to this level of performance where you're at zero emissions. That's Ben Evans. Federal Legislative Director for the U.S. Green Building Council, who noted that LEED certifications at the higher levels will align with the zero emission standard. The definition will also provide much needed clarity and a unifying guideline for the growing number of cities and states that have come up with an assortment of regulations and building standards around decarbonization. There's a lot of money in the uh, IRA and the bipartisan infrastructure law for code adoption. And a lot of that money is for very ambitious stretch code adoption that is, um, you know, zero energy uh, code adoption. And so I think we're going to see a lot of activity around this uh, and particularly with building performance standards that cities set. I mean, you know, urban areas, you know, in most cities, um, buildings account for it's not 40 percent of energy use. It's like 60, 70, 80 percent in cities like you know, Washington, D.C., New York, Boston, the the larger cities, buildings are really where all the energy is consumed. 
And finally, a common terminology and methodology will make it easier to make apples-to-apples comparisons between various real estate companies' commitments. A lot of people saying they're building zero emissions buildings and and it means different things to different people. For some people, it's just a fully electrified building, uh, but a fully electrified building is not necessarily zero emissions. But the federal government is not the only entity striving for clarity and consistency. In April, OSHRAE released Standard 228, the first standard for evaluating whether or not buildings meet a definition of zero net energy or a definition of zero net carbon. The federal definition is expected to draw upon that standard. Drew Crawley is an ASHRAE Fellow and Director of Building Energy Performance Products at Bentley Systems. Previously, he led the DOE's Commercial Building Initiative. There's the issue of, uh, you know, what metric are we using? Is it historical? Is it future-looking? Is it hourly? Is it annual? All the different aspects of that metric are really become really important. And so having one standard... um, to to be able to do that. Even if you don't agree with it, at least you've got a starting point. In a 2009 article, Crawley and his co-authors stressed the importance of all parties on a project agreeing to a single definition for net zero energy. At the time, there were at least four. However, back then, getting to net zero was more of a research exercise, and it was considered very costly, Crawley said. Today, there are hundreds of zero energy buildings and a growing number that are zero emissions. It's been proven that it doesn't have to cost more because if you're doing a building as well as you possibly can do it, um, you know, pushing the efficiency of the building envelope and the windows and the insulation and all that to the point where you're able to significantly downsize the heating and cooling equipment, that makes it possible to do that. And So I think there's been a lot of attempts to get as far as they can. New Buildings Institute has about 760 mostly electric, zero energy buildings in its database. But it recently began to include the more absolute measure of zero emissions. Here's Executive Director Ralph Tanola. Having a federal definition gives legitimacy to the ability to get to zero with buildings and and to have and and focusing on uh, zero emissions is really pretty critical right now. NBI has been tracking zero energy buildings since about 2010, and you know here we are, you know quite a, a ways along the the path to zero, and um, and and you know going from back then people asking is it possible to now having a federal definition being formed is, I think, a really critical step. Most utilities use energy as their building performance measure. SMUD, the Sacramento Municipal Utilities District, recently became the first to convert its programs to emissions-based rather than energy-based. Here's Danola again. I, I would say New Buildings Institute doesn't necessarily think one way is or the other is, is the right thing to do. It's just that these are different metrics that I guess are pointing towards different objectives. So it's good to be clear and aligned on what you're trying to achieve. And a focus on emissions is, is you know, where a lot of, I think, goals are headed in terms of um, 
you know, state and local jurisdictions. Still, in many locations, true zero emissions buildings are hard to construct given that many grids are still powered by fossil fuels. But Evan says the pending federal definition will take that into consideration in the same way that net zero does. Yeah, I think they're they're sort of getting at the same thing. I mean, um, you know, net zero suggests there can be some trade-offs. And, and with this definition, there can be trade-offs, to be clear. They would allow for, you know, a, a building, for example, to have to be using offsite fossil fuel uh, or, or any sort of, you know, carbonized, um, you know, uh, power source. So, for example, if you're a building on a grid that has fossil fuels, you can offset that uh, through RECs. But it remains to be seen which offsets will be permitted under the voluntary standard. You know, offsets are a, are a tricky thing. You have to make sure they're meaningful. You have to make sure it's not the, the, the RECs, the credits that can be purchased or not paying for electricity that would have been generated anyway, um, that you're actually changing the way a grid is generating power and moving the market. The definition will provide paths for both new buildings and for existing stock, which is what most of the recent state and local legislation is focused on. When you're building a new building from the ground up, it's, it's a lot easier to make it zero emissions. You start the, the design and planning process early and you, mm-hmm. can, you can get it there. And with existing buildings, obviously, it's a much more sort of challenge. You have to go in and, and you know, a very invasive retrofit of, of buildings. And that's, that's costly and, and it's difficult. So it's going to be a more gradual process. And I think that's what you're going to see through building performance standards are going to sort of track toward that. And that's how this definition can be helpful. Um, is that this is sort of the marker of where we want you to be in, say, 10, 20 years, however, however long it is. Evan says the emission components of the definition are critical, but the energy efficient component is also important, even for fully electrified buildings in completely decarbonized grids. Uh, the electricity is still going to be expensive and, and you know, mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of demand for all of that electricity as we you know, put more EV chargers as we electrify everything, including the transportation sector. Um, so we need to, we're going to have to manage that process really, really carefully. And, and it's, it's really, really hard to produce that much clean electricity in the time frame we need to, to meet the Paris Accord. Zadie's Green Build announcement, though welcome, was not really a surprise, Danola noted. Last December, the Biden administration announced a federal building performance standard to achieve net zero emissions in all federal buildings by 2045, while announcing a campaign to electrify new federal buildings and those undergoing renovations. The leadership of this administration has really changed the tenor of the conversation about the need and the ability to get to zero. Thank you for joining me on Sustainability Street. If you have any questions about this episode or suggestions for future episodes, feel free to reach out to me at therese.fitzgerald at cpe-mhn.com. And before you go, I want to tell you about an opportunity. The CPE Executive Council is a group of industry leaders who exchange ideas about trending real estate concerns, and those discussions are later posted on our website. If you're interested in joining the council, please contact Editor-in-Chief Jessica Fuhr at jessica.fuhr at cpe-mhn.com. Bye for now. <music>